But what I want us to do, fresh air. Thank you, guys. You may be seated as well. I want us all to take a big, deep breath in and then out. Come on, all those people in Wagga as well. Let's do this again. A big in and out. I know that it's hard with our masks, but there's something about fresh air. You might go, well, that air wasn't very fresh. I could just smell my breath in my mask, but that's all right. This thing called uh, mouthwash. Use that. It's great. Anyway, fresh air. There's something about fresh air that's just good for your body, but then also good for our soul. You know, without air or oxygen, there would be no life. So oxygen is something that we need to, to live. And, and, you know, even for our bodies, our physical bodies, fresh air is such a, a, a positive thing for our bodies. Researchers discovered that fresh air speeds up our, our uh, what is it, our digestive system, which means that we can lose weight a bit better when we're breathing in fresh air. So just go outside and start breathing in and out all the fresh air and just watch the, the, the kilos just start dropping off. It's, it's amazing. You know, after Christmas and COVID, all those COVID kilos, we just need to breathe a bit more fresh air for it just to drop off. But fresh air, it improves our blood pressure and heart rate. Fresh air makes us happier. We got any happy people in the house? Come on. It strengthens our immune system. It cleans out our lungs, gives us more energy and makes our minds sharp. So we see that fresh air does something great for our physical bodies. But you know what? This series isn't about our, our physical bodies. This series is about our spirit and allowing the fresh wind or the fresh air of the Holy Spirit to breathe into our life so that we can receive freshness upon uh, and in our soul. Because I don't know about you, but it seems like at times life can get a bit stuffy. It can get a bit stale. But we've got to make sure that we don't keep our windows shut on our spirit, but we open our windows of our spirit and allow the Holy Spirit to breathe fresh life into our life. Because I believe if we can make a choice to allow God to breathe fresh life into our spirit, there is such, there's so many benefits that come into our life. I believe that when we open our life to receive all the freshness and the, and the wind that God wants to bring into our life, it helps us to be able to process things a lot better. Because I see that some people are so, they're, they're so shut in with their, their thinking and the way that they're living and it's affecting the way that they process things and the way that they outwork things in their life. That God's fresh air reduces anxiety in our life. I know certain personalities struggle with anxiety more than others. But I really believe that anxiety is not our God. It's not your master. And I believe that our God is, Jesus is, and he can help us be able to overcome those feelings of anxiety as we open up our life to allow him to breathe fresh air into our life. Makes us happier. It increases our capacity. Who wants to become bigger? Not necessarily in the physical, but in the spiritual. Be able to handle more so that God can bring more into our lives. I believe that the, the, the wind of the Holy Spirit cleans out the garbage in our life. We can accumulate so much mental and emotional garbage in our life, but we've got to allow God to breathe fresh air that wipes that out and makes our mind sharp. Because it feels like at times life can be like a long aeroplane flight. I don't know about you, but if you've ever been on a long plane flight, it's like from Australia to America, it's like 11 or 12 hours, whatever it is. You're going in the air in a little cylinder with hundreds of people that smell and let out strange things out of their bodies 
in this cylinder, flying through the air. The longer you're in the air, it's like the stale the air gets. You can't wait to get off the plane so that you can breathe in some fresh air. And sometimes, as I said, life feels like that, that we're going on this journey of being Christ followers. And as we're going on this journey, it just feels like sometimes the air can become a bit stale in our spirit. And I'm just believing that 2022, no matter what has been in previous years because of COVID and whatever, whatever's going on in your life, I'm believing that we're going to see a fresh, just fresh air, life-giving air flow into people's lives so they can experience the freshness and the refreshing that God has for our lives. Now, what, what makes the air stuffy in our life? What, what changes the environment? What are some things that we can identify that go, these things are like sucking the the fresh air out of my life. I believe the first thing is this, toxic thinking. Toxic thinking, negative thinking, always being critical, always pointing the finger. And and this this toxic thinking is sucking the fresh air out of your life and it's making your air very stale. You know, we all have a choice to control our thinking. Because I really believe if we can think right, we live right. We've got to allow the Word of God to renew our mind. That's why it's so important that we read Scripture, that we apply it to our life, that we gather like we do here in church, so we can sit under the Word and let it renew our mind so we can get rid of the toxic thinking and allow God's fresh air to blow in to our minds. I believe another thing that can make air stale is legalism. We are very good at doing this. Getting something like the relationship that we have with Christ, where he done the work on the cross. And then we make it legalistic, where it's not about him who has done it, but it's about us doing to work our way to some type of freedom. But that's legalism. That's not what it's about. We don't work for it. It was given to us. It was a free gift. We've got to receive it. And I believe that some people have gotten so legalistic. And legalism will always suck the fresh air out of an environment because it's all about works, not about celebrating what Christ has done for us. See, legalism is something. And people come in and start to go, well, it's not about relationships, it's about do's and don'ts. Go, no, 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 no. Jesus done it on the cross. He's done it once and for all. Now it's not I who live, but Christ who lives in me. No longer I, no me die, less of me and more of Christ in my life. But for some people, what, what sucks the, the, the fresh air out is certain relationships. Now, this is, a, this is a difficult one because there's some people that we've been on the journey with for a long time. And, and maybe the decisions that they're making, they're, they're starting now to become very critical and negative. And whenever you're around them, they're sucking the, 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 the air, the oxygen. Maybe it's time that you release those people, gave them to Christ, so that you can move forward into the fresh air that Christ has for you. Now, every season you go, you, you step into, there's always things you've got to let go of. You know what, in recent times in my life, I've had to let go of certain relationships that I thought they'd be with me forever. But they were just sucking the, the, the oxygen out from my vision and from what God had for my life. And I had to say, you know what, I love you, but you go your way. I'm following what God has for me. And when I did that, it was difficult. But the fresh air of the Holy Spirit blows in. So there's some relationships you're just going to say, later. But the door hit them where the good Lord split them, in Jesus' name got a clap for that one amen <laughs> you know for some people it's hope deferred it's like the, the seasons that room we get promised something then they take it back and it's this this hope deferred in scripture it says hope deferred makes the heart sick but what i want to encourage us the hope that we have isn't in a situation isn't in an earthly promise the hope that we have is in jesus christ 
And that is never a hope deferred. He is a promise keeper and he always does and he always accomplishes what he set out to do. So sometimes hope deferred can make ourselves sick, but let's get hope in the right thing. Maybe you're tired. Maybe there's pain in your life. Maybe isolation. Maybe you're just stuck in the same old, same old, the, same old, the, the mundane. And it's that mundane that's, that's causing you to, to, to become stale. Can I tell you something? Life is made up of the mundane, the ordinary. But you've got to give your ordinary to God who makes it extraordinary. God moves in the mundane. Give your, your, your everyday work. You're driving kids to school. You're going to work. You're grocery shopping. Give it to God and watch what he does as you go out and do the mundane things. He can do supernatural things in that. Maybe it's fear. But there's all these things that we can find in our life that make our, the environment around us stale for our soul. But as I said at the beginning, we've got to learn to open up the windows of our soul and allow God to breathe his life into us. So for some people, it's like, yeah, there's stale air. But then for some of us, it's like there's no air. We're holding our breath. Have you ever had a hold your breath experience, like a near miss or a situation, you don't know how it's going to turn out and you're, and you're holding your breath? Now, for, for many of us, it happens when we look in the revision mirror and that siren is going, the, the police siren. Now, I want to tell us a story today that may or may not have happened um, just to uh, protect myself. This happened when I was driving in a back street of Wagga and uh, I was driving along, worshipping Jesus had my Coca-Cola and my potato chips. It's, it's, it's a good, good environment. You've got worship music, Coca-Cola, potato chips. Heaven comes to earth when that happens in Jesus' name. So I'm driving along and, uh, and, and suddenly I look back and I see the police siren. I look down, I'm doing, I may or may not have been doing 15 kilometers over the speed limit because I was just caught up in the moment. And I thought to myself, oh, I'm done. I'll, I, and by the way, I've never had a speeding ticket in my life. Everybody, I'm a real Christian. Not like those... <laughs> Not like my wife that has had a feeding tickets. And uh, just, 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 I love my wife and I always stick up for her. But when she had her peace, she lost her license for speeding. She, she lost her license. Terrible, terrible, terrible. Me, never. Never, never, never lost. Never, never lost a, I have lost a point, but not for speeding. And, um, and, uh, and so this cop pulled me over. I'm doing, I may or may not have been doing 15 over. And he pulls me over. I'm like, holding breath experience. Am I going to have to get a, pay a big fine, lose my points? Comes up to the window and goes, excuse me, sir, why were you doing 10 over? I wasn't going to correct him on the, uh, on, on the statement he said. And I said, sorry, I didn't know that I was, I was speeding and I'm, I'm stressing out, holding my breath. And he goes, you look like a, a, an honest, good man. Very good looking. And today I'm just going to let you go. Just go and, go and sin no more. That's right. Sean, my wings came out, I flapped them around. It was fantastic. But we have those moments where it's like, how's this going to turn out? And we're holding our breath. Can I tell you something? As believers, we know how the story ends. We don't need to hold our breath. We're just going to keep following Jesus, keep allowing him to bring in what we need. He graces our steps. Come on, we're anointed. We're called by God to do great things. Let's not be people that shut our windows down and think, oh, well, nothing, nothing fresh is going to come into my life. No, let's make a choice to lift up, as I said, those windows and allow the Holy Spirit to breathe fresh air into our life in Jesus' name. Because what you've got to understand, in the beginning, when God created mankind, in, in uh, Genesis 2 verse 7 is what he says here. He says that, he formed him out of the dust, and then he says he breathed life into his nostrils, which means our God breathed life 
back then in the beginning and our God still breathes life into us today. Fresh air and life. We've got to allow him, open ourselves up to say, God, breathe fresh air, breathe life into these dry bones again. So setting this up today, I just really believe that we're going to be people that choose to say, I'm going to allow God to breathe fresh air into my life. And so I want to go over the next few weeks and give us some practical ways on how we can open up those windows. How can we allow the fresh, God, fresh air of God to blow into our life? And the first thing I want to talk about today is this. We've got to choose an attitude of gratitude. We've got to choose to be thankful. Because you know what's amazing? So many people, they're so critical, pointing the finger, judging, saying, well, what are you doing that for? But I believe that we've got to switch it around, not being critical. Obviously, there's forums where we've got to criticize and how to make things better. But we've got to have a life not of criticism. We're going to have a life of thankfulness, of gratitude. We can look at our spouse and go, oh, look at them, look at this. And, and we can get all critical. Why don't you switch, flip the script and say, no, I'm going to be thankful for them in my life and set, and set an atmosphere of the Holy Spirit to blow afresh into your relationships. We've got to choose thankfulness, choose gratitude. So today I want to go through a story in Luke 17, verses 11 and 19. This is the story of the 10 lepers. And I want to pull some points out to help us to take this simple principle and apply it to our life so that we can not live stale or holding our breath lives, but allowing the wind of the Holy Spirit to flow and blow afresh into every area of our life. So it says this in verse 11, that Jesus was on a journey. Me paraphrasing. Verse 12, as he entered a village, there's 10 men with leprosy, stood at a distance, crying out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. So here we see that Jesus is on a journey. He's going somewhere. And then suddenly there's 10 lepers who are at a distance that are crying out for Jesus for help. See, what you've got to understand about leprosy, leprosy is something that isolates you immediately as soon as you have it. So when they were identified to have leprosy, they were taken away from their loved ones, they were taken away from their jobs, and they were put with other lepers where, where they had to stick together and they couldn't mingle with anybody else that didn't have leprosy because it was very contagious and it was something that was a, a very deadly disease that would eat and rot away their skin, that limbs would even fall off. So here we see that there's a group of 10 people that have been isolated. Who knows, they could have spouses or children that they just got pulled away from straight away because of this disease. They can't touch them, they can't be near them, they can't provide for them. And they're in a situation where the air is stale, they're probably having hold their breath experiences. Life is not going well for these 10 lepers. And you're going to even think about this disease. When you research it, you hear about the, the, the thing that they say the most, obviously it looks terrible, but the smell is awful that this disease carries. And I believe that, um, that, that a critical spirit, it, it does, it smells awful. But a, but a thankful spirit smells good. We're going to get to that in just a moment. But I, I even think about the smell. Like, who here can handle bad smells? No one's like, no, not even a, no one made a noise right then. No one's like, yeah, I love bad smells. I was trying to think about how bad a colony of, of um, lepers would uh, people with leprosy would smell like it. And I was thinking of a few years ago, my son Toby went to the fridge and he got out a bottle of milk and he did the wrong thing. He's meant to pour it into a glass, but he drank it out of the bottle. And I saw him do it. And as he drank, he goes, this milk tastes funny. And I said, well, bring it here. 
And I looked in and it was curdled and it stunk like death. And I think leprosy would have smelled like 10 million times worse than that. And here there was, there was people that had no fresh air in their life. They were isolated, but they were calling out to Jesus for help. And I think the most important thing we can remember, who are we calling out for, for help? Now, we can believe we've got brothers that help us. Two are better than one. You now we can put 10,000 to flight when we're, when we're together. But, but who, who is your soul crying out to for help? And here we see that they're crying out to Jesus. I believe for us as people of God, let's make sure we're going to have a, the, the fresh air of God. We're going to have a spirit of gratitude. Let's keep calling out to Jesus, the one who can help us, the one that can turn things around, the one that can make the impossible possible. So here they are calling out. Verse 14 says, He looked at them and said, Go show yourself to the priests. And as they went, they were clean, they were cleansed of their leprosy. He looked at them and said, He looked at them and said. Here we see the ones that are isolated, the ones that are in stale environments, the air is bad, the situation doesn't look good. But they got Jesus' attention. And I think we've got to understand as people of God, we've got to realize that even though we find ourselves in moments that aren't favorable or we feel like there's no fresh air, Jesus still has our attention. Jesus is still looking at us. He hasn't gone, well, they've stuffed up. They've, they've, no, he gives them their attention. Because I believe that our God cares for us. He cares about the detail. He knows how many numbers, was it, the, the number of hairs on your head. You know, for some, that's not hard to count. I could do that. But for some, that's more of a challenge. He's a detail God. He cares. And he gave them attention. He noticed. Then he says, go show yourself to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed. You see, the priest was the one that could give them the all clear. So they could go back to their families. So they could go back to work and provide for their families. The priest was key to them being able to be set free of the, the, the stale air or the environment that they were in so they could move forward in what God had in store for them. So it says, as they went, they were cleansed. As they walked, as they were obedient to Christ, as they kept moving in the direction that God told them to move, as they were going, they were cleansed. Something shifted, something changed in their life. The environment, the fresh air of God blew into their life and cleanse them from what they were suffering from as they went. Many times we've got, well, you just sit there and you just wait for God to do something. No, don't just sit there and wait. Keep moving forward in what God has for you. And as you do that, you can experience the fresh air that God has in store for you. Now, when we're following Jesus, we're not striving. We're not pretending. We're walking in the rest that God has for us. I think so many people think, well, I've got to rest. You know, we can rest and walk at the same time. We can rest and be obedient to Christ at the same time. And I just think for us, if we want to be people that have an attitude of gratitude, people that experience the fresh air of God, let's keep being obedient to Christ. Let's keep out walking the plans and purposes that he has for our life. Because you know what? I believe that your best days are still yet ahead of us, of you. That God has so much in store for us as a church. Come on, let's not get caught up in the things that don't matter, but staying focused on what Christ has in store for us. Keep Walking out what Christ has for us in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. He says, as they went, they were cleansed. As they went, they were cleansed. And then in verse 15, it says, One of them, when he saw that he was healed, came back to Jesus shouting, Praise God. He fell to the ground at Jesus' feet, thanking him for what 
he had done. The man was a Samaritan. When I read this, it seems like before he even went to the priest, it says as they went, they got healed. But then one of them realized that they were healed. And before even going to the priest so he could move forward and see his family and start working, whatever it may be, it says that he stopped and he went back and he thanked God before moving forward into the next season and chapter that God had for his life. And I think for all of us, we've got to learn just to, at times, just slow down and just pause before moving forward in the opportunities that God has. Stop and just be thankful for what he has done in your life. I don't know about you, but I'm thankful for what God has done in my life. I'm thankful that he saved me. I'm thankful that he gave me a future and a hope. I'm thankful that, he, that he's given me the Holy Spirit to enable me to live the holy life that he's called me to live. What are you thankful for? I was just thinking of ways and how we can practically take this on board. How can we be thankful to God? We can be thankful to God by telling him we're thankful. I've been practicing this in, in my life. When I get up in the morning, thank, um, thank you, God, that I've got breath in my lungs. Thank you that my kids woke me up screaming today. Thank you, God, that there's food in the fridge. Just trying to find things to be thankful for. If I wake up being thankful, my, 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 my day is so much better than if I wake up like the Grinch. And I think we've got to learn just to be, get up and say, God, I'm thankful for what you're doing. Even though there's things that we need to work on, there's things that could be better, I'm thankful that you haven't finished with me yet. In Jesus' name. When I was thinking about this message today and, and this whole month of February, I felt this so strong in my spirit. And, uh, and for me, I was negotiating with God, should I, shouldn't I do it? And I've always just learned to say, God, I'm just going to say what you told me to say and let your Holy Spirit do what it needs to do in people's lives. But I felt in my spirit in this month of February to encourage people to give an offering, a Thanksgiving offering to God in the middle of Christmas and Easter. So obviously we've had Christmas where we celebrate the birth of Jesus. Then we've got Easter where we'll be coming up, which we celebrate the death and resurrection. I just felt God to say, in the middle of all that, just stop in this first part of the year and just challenge the people to be thankful to God for what he's doing in their life. And, and, and I believe finance is such a powerful thing because money is the thing that rules this world. People, you know, but us as people of God, we know that it's not a master, it's a slave. And we use it to do the good that we should do with it. And so I just felt on my heart from the Holy Spirit to challenge people to say, hey, to give something in this month of January to be thankful to God. And this is the two areas that I felt people to be able to give, uh, to be able to do when it comes to their giving. The first was this. Some people are going to give above their tithes to honour God. And then, the, then there was another group of people that haven't been tithing and they're going to choose to, you're going to choose from, from this month to begin to honour God with the tithe into your life, to be thankful so that you can receive the increase that God wants to bring into your life. So all of our offerings here, they're, they're free. Well, you don't have to do anything, but I just felt the Holy Spirit told me to challenge us as a church and this finance is going to go to continually to, to be used to advance the gospel so that we can see ministry and food in the house so have been in prayer about what you can give either above your tithes or to start tithing so you can experience that fresh air of god into your life so you can take that as you will because i believe in proverbs eleven twenty five it says this the generous will prosper those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed so we're generous as we honor God and become with that attitude of, I'm thankful, God, for what you're doing in my life. I'm going to have an expression that comes out of my life in a form of offering, whatever that may look like for you. And I believe as you do that, something shifts in your life. As we keep reading on in this scripture, it says, Jesus asked, did I heal 10 men? 
Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? So here we see that there's 10 people that went on their way, that followed Christ's instructions. They were cleansed on their way, but only one came back to give thanks. You know, I, I find in life that people that make the biggest difference isn't necessarily a group of people, but it's about the one person standing up and making a difference. You look at David, there was a whole nation that were trying to, they were too scared to take down Goliath. But then one person rose up called David who took down the giant. And I, I see here, there's the one that rose up and was thankful. I, I just think for us as a church, let's be part of the one. Let's be the one that's thankful. Let's be the one that stands up and makes a difference. Let's be the one that refreshes others. Let's be the one that leads people to Christ. Let's be part of the one that makes a difference to see God's kingdom established here on earth. Come on, let's step out of the crowd and make a difference. If you want to experience the freshness of God, be the one that says, thank, thank you, God. Thank you for what you've done in my life. And then verse 9 says, And then Jesus said to the man, Stand up and go. Your faith has healed you. Stand up and go. Your faith has healed you. The one, the person that stood up, got something extra than the ones that didn't come back. I think the, the, the ones, the people that stand up and are thankful, that choose to live a life of gratitude, they receive something from God that nothing else can do in your life. I wrote down this. It said, a lifestyle of thanksgiving is a lifestyle of wellness and fresh air. Here we see that this one that stood up and said, thank you. He said, your faith has healed you. He got a word of faith. He got wellness in his life. Come on, we want to be people that set ourselves up for a, a fresh air 2022. Let's choose gratitude. Let's choose to be the one that says thank you. Let's choose to have a lifestyle of thanksgiving that leads to a lifestyle of wellness. Because ultimately, thankfulness opens the door to more. Thankfulness opens the door to more. Think about this when it comes to your relational world. When you had a, a spirit of gratitude upon your life, people want to be friends with you. But if you're critical, always talking bad and bringing division... People don't want to be around that. But if you can choose gratitude, it brings more into your life, more opportunities, more health, more joy into your life. Come on, let's be people that don't choose to be critics, but be thankful for what God's doing in our life. And I believe as we have this attitude, we can experience the fresh air of God upon our life in Jesus' name. Do we believe it? Can I have an amen? Amen. Amen. amen.